First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Again, welcome and thank you for listening, downloading, and more importantly, subscribing to the Dead End Sports Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe and share with your friends. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, we're on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash dead end sports. We're on Stitcher as well as iTunes. So there's plenty of ways to stay involved and in contact with us. Uh, make sure that you hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at dead end sports. Uh, as I mentioned, this is a weekly sports podcast. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover, not a lot of time to do it. Uh, of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me are the homies. Uh, first up is my man, Beezy, 430. Beezy, though. What up, though, Kyle? What's up, Chilling, man? man. Birthday boy. How's it going? How was What's the birthday? It was, it, was, it, was, it was nice, man, you know? Like, like we were saying earlier, man, a little trip around the sun. There it is. There it is. Always good to see another year. Yep. Always good to see another year. And also joining us is the homie, FIFO. FIFO, what's up, man? My bad, B. Happy belated, though. I meant to damn call you. I meant to call you. And happy belated yeah. birthday to you, too, FIFO, because you, you celebrated you. birthday since the last time we've been on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. We, I, I shouted FIFO birthday out because I knew it was going to be broadcasting on his birthday last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we and we were wondering, like, man, is FIFO coming on the show? On the show? It, <laughs> it, it, it was funny. <laughs> hey, I had to remind him. I was like, Y'all, I think people can cool. I said he ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that one. <laughs> no, that's right. Also joining us, the homie Ken. Ken, what's up, man? Chilling, man. Chilling. Just uh, you know, just watching this game, man. Trying to no, go that. crazy. Hey, man, you, 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 you all right? Huh? Say what? I said you sound sad as hell. You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm good, man. You know these, these media pundits, man. They be driving me crazy with. Some of their their talking points, man. They just—I swear—they just be saying stuff. But you know, and sometimes it's best to put the game on mute and turn some music on. <laughs> you know what? That's 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 actually what I do. Um, yeah, I turn the volume real real low, and then I put on my headphones, and I just sit there and and listen to music and watch the game. Yeah, I, I found I can I can enjoy the game a whole lot better if I'm not listening to some of these people talk. Um, once again, we want to thank you all for listening and tuning in to the Dead End Sports Podcast. Let's get it cracking, man. Uh, I guess the first thing we want to talk about since the last time we spoke on last week's podcast 
The NFL draft has gone down. Everybody uh, went to, well, not almost everybody, <laughs> excluding the number one pick, Miles Garrett, uh, was in Philadelphia this past weekend for the NFL draft. Uh, so let's start right there, man. Um, B, I'll throw it over to you. Um, who are some of your biggest winners and losers from uh, this weekend's draft? Uh, biggest winners. Um, I would say, I think, Houston did a good job, okay. Um, okay. you know, getting Deshaun, getting Deshaun um, Watson. I think they, I think they can possibly secure a QB for the, uh, you know, for the future. If if he, you know, if he can get the get the system real real well and get the playbook and all that stuff real, well, I think I think I think he'll be all right, man. Um, I have I have a good feeling about about Deshaun Watson in that system because we already know offensively Houston got weapons. You know, mm-hmm. they, they were just lacking. A, a, a QB, you know, and they, right. they already know on the defense side of the ball they good. So I would say um, them, even though I don't think this might pan out for them, I think the Browns did pretty well in the draft. But mm-hmm. you know, we already know how the story goes for the Browns <laughs> for the Browns all the time. Like they, you know, yeah, they 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 draft, they did pretty well in the draft. But is the players gonna pan out? You know, for them, so that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I think that's uh, I think that's just about it. I mean, I can I think I'm glad about my Lions that we got we went okay. at defense um, with our first two picks, which I was so glad we got. Actually, we got two Florida Gators um, with our first two picks. But um, but I'm upset that we didn't get a running back, man. I I, I was hoping we can at least get a a sleeper stud running back in that fifth or sixth round. But I, I was just like, but we addressed it a lot of defense positions, which I was I was fine with that too. I think the only offensive positions that we got was a wide receiver and a tight end. Um, I'm trying to think who would be who was my losers. Yo, the biggest loser, Chicago. How the hell? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good Come one. Come on, man. Come on, man. What like what are we? Uh, Trubisky. All the dudes. All of the all of the guys in this draft, and that's the guy you go and pick. Man, look. If if you really wanted a quarterback, I, I don't understand how Deshaun Watson slips all the way down. He should have mm. been the first quarterback taken. He's the most proven. We know what he can do, and he does his best uh, uh, <clears throat> on the brightest stages. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. We've seen this guy in back-to-back national championships do his thing, do his thing. So I think that he's one of the biggest winners. Um, Obviously, Houston. And please pardon the chimes. Um, <laughs> these are all of my super old tech. I don't use my computer like that, and I close this app. Um. But yeah, man, Houston, I think, was a big winner, big time winner. You know, I definitely agree with you on, um, hold on, my, my computer's talking. All right, so definitely Chicago. I mean, I, I, I okay, let me say this. As losers? You mean as losers? Yes, losers, losers. <laughs> um, and, and really what I want to address, I want to address, while I agree with the, the saying behind it, I think it's BS. And... And the saying I'm talking about, well, is if you think that's your guy, you got to go get your guy. Yeah, I, I understand that. But I also think it's a cop-out to justify moves that are head-scratching moves. To jump up one spot at the mm. cost that the Bears committed to. Gave up picks not, to do it. <laughs> right. That, exactly. That's not going. That's going to get your guy. But – that doesn't make much sense as a GM, as a person running the franchise, because we, I mean, look, the guy that they're talking about 
what he had a losing record or something in college. So, mm. yeah, he had all the measurables, this, that, and the other. But you know, I'm a guy, man. I I, I like to look at competition and who you're playing against. That's why I knew Johnny Manziel wasn't going to work because when he played against elite teams in the SEC, he struggled. He got Alabama what once or twice, but but that was pretty much it. Um, you know, like like Raph, man, you, you got to look at Deshaun Watson who played against Alabama, who I think had 11 guys drafted mm. last week. He's playing against NFL caliber talent, so I lo- I love what Houston did um, and going to get him. Um, because I think that was, we always said, that was really the guy that they were missing. And one of the interesting things that I heard, um, you know, over the last couple of days is that when they had all the guys grouped together, I think at the combine, they said Deshaun Watson just really just took over the group. And mm. they said Trubisky kind of played back and bought his time, and then he kind of started to get going. But immediately what, what you hear is a leader. And you hear another guy who's just going to try to wait and figure things out figure out the room before he commits to doing anything. So that's problematic because they just came from a quarterback that wasn't much of a leader. So to move up, to commit that many resources to go get that guy just doesn't make any sense to stop making excuses for them. Talking about, you got to go get your guy. It depends on what the guy, who the guy is. If you ask me and we all know Trubisky isn't Andrew Luck. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was the one thing that just frustrated the hell out of me over the uh, over the last couple of days, where people just trying to justify, uh, you know, that move. But for me, man, what I love the most was I love what the Browns did. Yeah, they didn't get Trubisky, and I'm they'll probably be happy that they didn't. Uh, that remains <laughs> to be seen. We don't know, but I like the pick of Kaiser. We all mm-hmm. know that he it, it's it's his head. It, it's is is mental for him. Um, and if he can lock in and if, if Hugh Jackson can work his magic, he may have a guy that can be the quarterback for that team. So you got you stocked up on defense. You got Miles Garrett, who's the best talent. You got Jabril Peppers. That's, you know, I mean, you're basically drafting an athlete, so we'll see what they mm-hmm. do with him. You got a tight end in Najoku. I don't know much about him, but everybody ran to the Raven about him. And then you got a quarterback. So you didn't get Trubisky. You didn't get Deshaun Watson. Um, but you got – a quarterback who many people, you know, we, 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 he was a name. He was a name that the college marketed. He was a name that, that we saw on the marquee when Notre Dame w- was playing. So mm-hmm. I like that. And another head scratcher, and you know, is uh, the Chiefs going up to mm. get Patrick Mahomes. Mm. <laughs> I, I didn't understand that, that either, but I do get that he just may be a guy that you're just going to sit back and just wait. Um, and use him when when uh, Alice Smith time is up. So if he's just gonna sit, that's fine. But um, but, um, but yeah, for me, yeah. man, those, those are the guys that that I like the most. I think um, I I would I would tend to agree with with most of what you guys have said. Um, uh, actually, let me start. I also have I also have a winner too. I forgot too. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Bree. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Yes, um, I, I think they did a great job with their yes. draft getting uh some some more weapons for uh what's Mariota. my man's quarterback name? Yeah, Mario. I think um, they got uh, two receivers. Yeah, they got two. They got um they got um Corey Davis from Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taiwan Taylor from West Kentucky. I remember him. He he's pretty good. He's a speedy, good slot receiver for him. Um, they also got a good tight end from Florida International. Um, 
uh, uh, Janu Smith. I think I'm saying his name right. And then they also they also got some O line and some linebackers. So I think mean, I think Tennessee Titans, in my opinion, is a definitely a winner in the draft too. But yeah, losers people. When he said Chicago, I was like, duh. They like that's like the <laughs> that was like the obvious losers in the draft. But go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you good. Uh, I think probably my my first biggest winner, city of Philadelphia, man. <laughs> I mean, to have a draft and have it outside, and to have seventy thousand people, um, you know, come out each day to watch it. I think, I think it goes without saying that it will be back next year in Philadelphia. Uh, they have definitely given a, a model for, and I mean, and I know they did it in Chicago a couple of years ago, but. This was probably one of the live because you guys know the the draft is 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 long and it's drawn out and you have to have things to talk about. But having the fans there and they were loud and they were you know rambunctious as Philadelphia fans are, um, I thought Philadelphia is definitely a winner. Um, definitely got to give a winner call to uh, you know the Texans for taking Deshaun Watson. I thought I was really surprised that Deshaun Watson fell. To them, but I think we and we talked about it on previous podcasts that you know Houston is a team that we think that was a quarterback away from beating the Patriots. If they got any kind of, and you go back to that AFC Championship game, uh, I think it was either AFC Championship game or the divisional game against the Patriots. If they get any kind of quarterback play, they win that game. The defense had them; they had Brady and check and everything, and you know ultimately they could not score any points because the quarterback was just awful. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that they were a winner. Um, I think, you know, overall, I think most of the teams, you know, did a good job as far as picking up talent. I mean, obviously you have to kind of figure out who's going to fit into what system. Um, definitely the bears, uh, are losers. Um, I mean, and I, and I said this on Twitter, I saw Trubisky play Trubisky, excuse me, play three times last year. He wasn't impressive in any of the games that I saw. And I mean, I think sometimes these GMs have a tendency to overthink things and they they get away from the tape. I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson beat Alabama for a national championship and damn near beat him the year before for a national championship. And I mean, in those two games, he played two of the best games that he's played in his life, almost throwing for over a thousand, almost throwing for a thousand yards total in both games. And to see him do that and then, you know, they kind of just dismiss it, wherein Trubisky played in the ACC, you know, he, he had decent numbers. He didn't have great numbers. But, again, I, all I can go by is what I saw and the three times that I saw Trubisky. And I think me seeing him three times is a lot more than a lot of people saw him last year because he was a relative unknown. Um, he wasn't impressive. And I think for the Bears to – have given up what they gave up to get him. They're definitely losers. Um, another winner is San Francisco because San Francisco was able to get the guy that they wanted and hustle, you know, Chicago out of the picks. And I mean, so yeah, it, it was definitely a win-win for them. So I think they are a team on the on the move up too as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how these teams play out as far as some of the players that they drafted. You know who's a big loser to me too is the who's, Jets because they could have oh. took they could have took uh, Deshaun. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're another team that was a quarterback away. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Especially with that type of defense. You know, we we always know what the Jets have been. They've been the same type of team regardless of the head coach. 
You know what I'm saying? I just think that they've built an identity based off of that city, and that's just how they play. And all they've need, all they've needed is a quarterback, and you have them sitting right there, and you don't pick them. So I think they, I think they were a big time loser. I definitely agree with the 49ers. That's who I was going to bring up. Okay. Uh, Jonathan's doing a great job in his first year as a GM because sometimes there's certain drafts that maybe you don't believe in a guy. Good trade out of that and stockpile. And that's the reason why the Bears are such big losers. How the hell you get outclassed by a rookie, <laughs> by a rookie GM? Hey, a rookie GM that just got the job. I mean, like just he hadn't been he hadn't been there what two months, maybe if and, that. And, and he has uh, uh, the NFC uh, representing offensive coordinator, so right. he's doing a damn good job right now. Okay, like like we hey so far on, on like the first quarter of his career, boom, got to give him an A so far. He, he's doing a, an amazing job. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, man, but the Jets as a loser, yeah, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One other loser I got to I gotta throw out there. Hold on one second. Ken, I'll get to you. Um, another loser, the Buffalo Bills, man, um, hmm. who didn't have a, – a, they had an okay draft, if you will, by most pundits, but they ended up firing their GM, Doug Whaley, the day after the draft. I mean, like, who does that? Now, if you listen to the experts, they'll say the writing was on the wall, that they basically stripped him of his powers – even you know, le- even in the time leading up to the draft, but it's just a bad look for the Bills that you go through the draft. These players get drafted, and the next day, the GM as well as as well as the uh, Buffalo Bills scouting staff all got fired. And I mean, I feel a little bad for Doug Whaley because obviously he's a brother, but still, I mean, fired on your day off. Come on, man. Yeah, the Bill, the Bills, they they they're losers here. Who, who do you, who else do you have, Ken? Well, from what I understand, I don't think he he wasn't part of this draft process if i recall so these guys won't be on his watch um but uh you know i think um no what i was gonna say is can we please stop comparing deshaun watson and dak prescott just because they're both black uh i'm so sick and tired of that um i I haven't heard that one man i that's all they compare him to every time they talk about deshaun watson they bring up uh dak prescott be, uh, because because of the impact though, Ken, because of the situation. Look at where Dak went, what was around him. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man, he went to the perfect situation to just to just be good enough, and then you look even better. Like they already had the weapons, they already had the veterans, they had that old line, and then when you look at Houston with all of those weapons and that defense, then you're you're salivating. You know, say if you're Bill O'Brien right now, like, yo, I got a real guy. So it's kind of a similar situation. It's not just because they're black, Ken. Come on, I'm not going to let you. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 maybe it's a situation, and I and I don't know because I haven't heard anybody make the comparison, but maybe it's a situation where they think that, because, I mean, I look at Tom Savage, and I'm like, I don't see any reason why why Deshaun Watson can't be starting by week four or five. I, I don't see any reason why. You know, because I'm not a believer in Tom Savage. I don't know that the Houston Texans are. They um, are. They like him. Really? I, I'm yeah. surprised because I haven't seen anything. Maybe he's nice in practice. I don't know. Yeah. You know, the Does other thing real- that that I found annoying, Joe Mixon. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about Joe Mixon. I, I like. And you did call it, Ken. You did. You know, for, the, for those of you listening, Ken sent us a text. I want to say the text was on, it was like Thursday afternoon. And Ken said, you know, Joe Mixon will end up on a team like the Bengals. Or he might have just said that he'll end up on the Bengals. And sure enough, the Bengals take Joe Mixon. He's, you know, I, I understand his past. He paid for it. 
It's like that's all people have talked about. And I understand that there's a this domestic abuse, right, has been elevated because of Ray Rice and of course because there's video with this uh as mm-hmm. well. Um I, I you know, the Greg Hardy situation. Like I understand there's a heightened awareness around it. Um but it also feels like and then it went to the Bengals on top of that. We know the problem. <laughs> it also feels like he's ratings for them too. Because every single day it seemed like somebody was talking about Joe Mitson. Joe Mitson, where is he going to go? What is he going to do? This, that, and the other. To the point where it just became just unbearable to listen to because, you know, the man has paid for his crime. He sat out, what, a year? Mm-hmm. And and you're talking about who's going to take the risk. And I understand it is a risk to take this guy, but from what I understand also is he's been relatively clean. And I hope and pray that that brother don't get in any more trouble. But I And, and I don't think he, he will. I think he got caught in the situation. His temper got the best of him, and that's that. But it's like every single day it seems like it's a story. But... Um, I just hope he stays out of trouble, man. Moving on to the NBA. NBA playoffs are in full effect uh, since we last spoke on the podcast. uh, The second round has begun uh, as we're at the time of this recording. Game two between the Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards being played. Uh, So let's break it down, man. Uh, Let's give our predictions for the series. Uh, FIFO, uh, how do you see Toronto and Cleveland, how, how many games do you think that's going to go? And who do you think is going to win? Uh, obviously, Cleveland. Cle- Cle- Cleveland will make it out the East. They will do that. Um, I don't know, man. I give Toronto maybe five games, six games, possibly. I I, I thought they were going to lose to the Bucks. The Bucks still ain't ready. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the Bucks disappointed <laughs> me. Yeah, they, they disappointed they, me, man. They're just not ready. You know, but it is what it is. They're young. They'll be back. And, and Giannis is that guy. I think that they got cocky, a, man. They got caught. They did. They did. And, and, and that's the thing I, I told B that if they don't win, is because they don't understand to stay even killed. But that's what that's what this ass whooping taught them. So they'll be ready next year. Um, but I'm I'm definitely picking Cleveland. Cleveland in five or six. I'm taking Washington because right before we got on air I texted the guys all right so FIFA so you gave us you gave us your your prediction for Toronto and Cleveland uh mm-hmm. and Boston and Washington what about the West uh give us who who do you think is going to win between Houston and San Antonio and Utah and Golden State Houston look like they got too many guns that I, I've been trying to tell you they can they can take Golden State I'm not saying they're gonna win them but I'm just saying they can push that series. They have weapons. They got two guys coming off the bench that should be six men of the year. How many teams has, have been able to say something like that? And they just come with bombs. Even their big guys, right? Like, uh, what's his name? Ryan Anderson. And then their mm-hmm. other big guys roll to the basket with Capella and Nene. And then Nene got the mid-range game. So they can hit you with different bigs to spread you out. Or or to rim run like it, it, they just have a lot, and, and I think they're like purposely built to compete with Golden State, and I think that what Daryl Morey has done is smart. If that's the best team, then how are we gonna beat them? Because you can't defend all that; you mm-hmm. gotta shoot with them. 
and that's what they can do. And I think they're gonna beat the Spurs. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the Spurs can can handle all that. How many games you think that's going? Ooh, he's pop man. I gotta respect. It. I'm gonna go seven. Okay. Okay. Just cause and of pop. Golden State, Utah. Oh man, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta ask. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. no, that's quick work because if if they, if Utah had to go seven games against the Clippers, oh no, this this is quick work. Five games, gentlemen, sweep. Okay, okay, okay. B, what about you, man? Um, in the East, Toronto and Cleveland. How do you see that one playing out? Uh, Cleveland in five. Well, Boston, Washington. I got um, I got Washington in six. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Love stay here. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, yeah, Golden State in Utah. Mm, I, I might go sweep. I don't know if Iso Joe can save them one game. Um, I might go sweep on that one too for Golden State. Uh, they got a nice little easy path to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and then San Antonio and Houston. Jesus Christ, man! I I, I hate to like. Jumped the gun so much after one game. It's only been one game for those only, who listening right, at the right, time right. of this recording. And, saw, and the Spurs won the series three one. Right. I should remind yeah, we, people. We saw uh, Houston blow like, the doors off of San Antonio last just night. Just like people, uh, you know, I gotta respect Greg Pop, but if Lamarcus Aldridge don't show, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Rockets in five. If Lamarcus wow. Aldridge keep disappearing, damn. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna say if dog Lamarcus Aldridge has. Have we to ever seen up. a pop team, pop led team get beat? Dude, in five? Lamarcus Aldridge has not been living up to yeah, the deal. You're right, you're he right. hasn't. He you're really right. hasn't. And if he continue to disappear like he has been, I'm gonna say in in, in the way Rockets been playing, I'm gonna say Rockets in five. I mean, I I, I hate to say that mm-hmm. or against the great Greg Pop. Because, like I said, I don't want to jump the gun. T- I hate to jump the gun too much on a series because we've all been watching playoff basketball for years right. and decades. We've seen series turn around. So, you know, ah, if if Lamarcus got to step up, if Lamarcus step up, then I'm gonna go with people prediction and say Rockets in seven out of respect to Greg Pop. But if Mark, if Lamarcus still go hiding in the corner somewhere, Rockets in five. Uh, Ken, how do you see it going, man? Uh, Toronto and Cleveland. That might be a sweep. <laughs> That might, that might be a sweep. I um, give it Toronto one game. I I give him one game, because uh, 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 uh. you know you know Cleveland, LeBron and them good for like taking off like a little night. You know, it'd be like all right, let's chill out and bam, you know, we will get him back and finish out the series in five. You I know the def- la- Yeah, I I agree with that, man. But I remember last year and I think the year before. There's a certain way this team plays when they just don't respect you and know you can't beat them. That's how they played yesterday. That The way they played yesterday is the way they played against Atlanta a couple of years ago when they just had no respect for them and knew they couldn't compete. And um, and I, and I, I, I don't know, man, maybe five, maybe a gentleman's sweep, but I, I, I think it might go four. Uh, I do want to issue an apology to the Toronto Raptor fans out there, <laughs> uh, to the city of Toronto for disrespecting you. Uh, well, I don't know if it's disrespect, but, um, but, but yeah, I, I look, I didn't think you guys would be the bucks and, uh, and you proved me wrong. So I, I'm, you know, I'm a man and I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong. So uh great job, um, by you guys, but, uh, this ain't what you want. <laughs> <laughs> As far as Boston, Washington, this is interesting, right? Because 
for all intents and purposes, Washington should should beat these guys. Um, should. <laughs> yeah. But they make, first of all, they don't have much of a bench. Second of all, it, it, see, the, the Celtics benefit from a lot of lucky breaks. Rondo gets hurt. Marquise Morris twists his ankle, doesn't return. Um, Otto Porter just got his nose smashed. So he, he may not come back. I think he broke his nose or something like that. You know, um, and and Morris got into it with Isaiah Thomas and everybody on Boston because that's just what Morris does. Mm-hmm. They They have home court advantage. And they have a tendency to just find ways to win. I've been watching this team, and games they should lose, they somehow manage to win. And 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 it's like game one, they shot almost fifty percent from the three point line to win that game. John Wall disappeared, uh, you know, in that game, and they just they just never recovered. I like Washington to win this series. I think if Washington wins tonight, it should go six. Um, but they got to find a way to hold on to this lead and win, man. And and John Wall need he has to continue to, you know, uh, force his will on this team, you know, and and will this team to to a victory because it's gonna take everything he has. Because the one thing about the Celtics is they play great team ball. And mm-hmm. they have so many different pieces here and there that can come in and contribute at any given moment. So, you know, when they take Isaiah Thomas out of the game or when he struggles, other guys manage to step up. So um, Washington should win it. They have proven in stretches that they are the better team. But somehow the Celtics managed to come back and, and win. But if you ask me, the Celtics shouldn't even be here. So I'm going to go with Washington in six. I believe in John Wall. Houston said, man, you know what? I was watching that game last night, and it was very raggedy. It was very rough. Uh, but let's let's be real. The Rockets were extremely hot from behind three-point line. We saw that work to Boston's advantage in, in their game one, and they just were not going to be beat. So mm-hmm. um, so Papa make his adjustments, and... While I want to pick Pop to win this, I don't think he will. And I, as much as I love him, I don't want him to. I want to see Rockets Warriors because I think at the end of the day, that team is built to take down the Warriors. Everything FIFO said is, is, is correct. I don't need to add any more to that. And, and I'll say this, and I'm going to close with this. While everybody's jumping on LaMarcus Aldridge, I just want to say for the record that on this very show, two years ago, or three years ago, <laughs> whenever he was in Portland, I was the one that saw this from this guy and called him out years ago. I was on this. I saw this. So everybody, all you guys out here jumping on L.A., y'all are late to the party. <laughs> it's, it's, it's to the point now where, man, I'm starting to feel bad for the guy um, because it just, it, it, it's just it's, – it's embarrassing. And – I don't think he's going to be there much longer. I don't think he likes playing there. I think he wants to go somewhere where he's the man, and I don't think he likes the system ball uh, because Kawhi's the man now, and it was supposed right. to be him. 
I think he's going to get out of San Antonio. But and give me the Rockets. A Rod. Say what? Is it worse than A Rod? Lamarcus. Ugh. Almost, man. He, he has, like, like <laughs> it, he he did this last year. He'll show up for a game, and then he just disappears. And and you never see him again. And it's like, He's done like, it for his entire playoff career. This is just who he is now. Well, they, they're going to have to figure something out quickly because he can't play like how he played. Yes, and, and I know one game doesn't make a series. But um, like you said, Ken, not he, he has not. Him, though. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it, and it, when it's one game, it usually turns into a trend. Um, Utah, Golden State, who you got? I got Utah in six, man. He <laughs> can Yeah, right. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> you did, you just <laughs> hey, I'm looking you know at the what? screen I, like, I, did you just I say was what kind I of, I did think about it. Um, they just don't have enough offense. But defensively, they're really good. And, you know, Gobert is like eight feet tall. <laughs> and uh, But Favors is just not healthy enough to present problems down low for them. Um, but they they managed to slow teams down. But I think what, what – when FIFO said that if it took them seven games to beat the Clippers without Blake Griffin, then, yeah, it's probably going to be five. So. I think um... – I think in the East, I've got, I've got Cleveland in five. I think Toronto might get one in Toronto. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep. Um, I just Toronto just doesn't. They they just don't do enough for me. And I think ultimately, you know, this is just one of those teams that they just they they don't match up well against. And I think I, I think we've seen the combination of Lowry and. Um, and DeRozan go blank at times. And it, obviously this is a series where they can't afford to go blank. Um, Washington versus Boston. I like Boston in seven in this one. Um, I knew both it. of these teams are streaky as hell. Uh, I could see Washington winning winning in seven, but I, 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 I'd like to think that this one is going to go all the way. Um, only because I think you're going to get the constant from John Wall, but Bradley Beal is the guy that kind of concerns me from Washington because he has playoff games where he just doesn't show up. Um, and like B said, this Boston team is just, it's a weird team to watch, especially if you haven't really seen them a lot during the season because they're a team that they look like they probably shouldn't be putting up a lot of points. But, you know, when when they're knocking down threes, they're, they're tough to beat. Um, but I like Boston and seven in this one. Uh, Houston, San Antonio, man, this is tough for me because I really don't want to go against Pop. Um, I I gotta say Houston in six, man. I I don't now. I think what we saw last night. I don't think that's any indication of what the series will be. Um, but they played, you know, the regular season series relatively close. Um, the games were relatively close, so. Um, I'm going to say Houston probably has a little bit more firepower. Uh, and like B said, if LaMarcus Aldridge plays as bad as he played last night, um, it won't make it to six. But um, but I'm thinking that Pop will have the guys ready and um, and uh, and Houston. But Houston still will have too much in their win in six. Uh, Golden State, I think, wins. I'm calling a sweep, man. I'm calling a sweep. I don't think Utah has enough uh, to stick with them. I think... 
I'd be surprised if they got one win. Um, and there's no knock on you. I mean, it's, it's been a great season for Utah. Uh, to, to make it to the second round of the Western Conference Finals, I think, is an accomplishment. But, um, nah, I'm not. I, I'm much like I would be surprised if Toronto got a win. I'd be surprised if Golden, excuse me, if Utah got a win as well. Um, so that's what we have for the NBA. Uh, before we move into the next topic, read a couple of headlines here that happened uh, in case you guys missed it. Uh, congratulations to Russell Westbrook and Sierra. Uh, they had a baby girl, uh, so congratulations. Wilson, to them. Wilson. Who did I say? You said Westbrook. Westbrook. Oh, 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 oh! Snap! My bad. <laughs> Damn, I'm giving him side babies. My bad. Uh, Russell, Russell Wilson and Sierra had a baby girl. I'm sorry. Uh, in boxing news, uh, British boxer Anthony Joshua knocked out Klitschko in the 11th round to take the heavyweight title. Did any of you guys see that fight? Yep. B did. I did. Yeah, I did. I did too. What did you think of it, B? Yeah, I thought I thought um this was Anthony Joshua's first like real test against a veteran crafty uh heavyweight. I mean, unfortunately, Klitschko has passed his prime, but I, mm-hmm. I think experience really kind of put, you know, made Joshua put the test cuz it was times when Joshua knocked him on the canvas, but then Klitschko came back and hit him with a one-two with that right. Mm-hmm. Rock, uh, Joshua. And Joshua was looking fatigued and everything. I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, like the crafty veteran might get his, might get the W and give uh, Joshua his first L because Joshua's record, you know, leading into this fight was 18-0 uh, with mm. eight knockouts. <laughs> so wow. you know, now he got his 19th W with a knockout. And now he, he has the IBF and WBA um, heavyweight title. Um, Dante Wilder, who has the WBC title, I hope he fights him. And then we have a undefeated, a young Joshua Parker who got the WBO uh, belt. So yeah, Joshua got two out of those four heavyweight belts, man. And um, you know he's 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 being ranked as one of the top top uh, heavyweights, man. But I would love to see him and uh, the Bronx Bomber Dante Wilder uh, go head to head in the near future, man. And I hope they both stay undefeated until they fight each other, because. Them boys, boy. Dante Walter Dante Walter record is like crazy. I think his joint is like thirty-two and zero with like twenty-nine knockouts or something mm. like. That. Man, like yeah, dude is a beast. He like the size of Le- he's like LeBron but boxing. That that's his size. He's mm, like dang. the size of LeBron, same height and everything, about the same weight, and he's boxed. So he got like about two inches on Anthony Joshua. Joshua was six six and like two sixty. So that's a yeah, big ass boxer though, <laughs> six six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, Anthony Joshua, he's more ripped than Dante Wilder, though. Okay. Naturally, Wilder is just a bigger, he's a taller, taller uh, boxer. But Anthony Joshua looks like, I mean, that dude look like freaking T8100 from Terminator, dude. dude he just, <laughs> he's just big, dude. Um, And Joshua Parker, I think I give him a little bit more time. He got to get some more tests before he can really be considered. I mean, he got the, he, he's sitting, you know, over there with that WBO belt. You know, he hadn't had no real test yet. So I don't know if Anthony Joshua going to try to fight him, get his belt, and then fight Dante Wilder for the for the just to unify the entire heavyweight with all mm-hmm. belts, which would be crazy. So, um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a, I'm, and I'm glad it was no undercards. It, it went straight to the fight. It was the main event. So yeah, I, I thought it was it was a great look for heavyweight boxing, man. You know, heavyweight boxing has been struggling, you know, over the last Major. like fifteen to twenty years. So I think this was great to see. A huge venue for a heavyweight match, and you know it kind of got people talking about the heavyweight division. Yeah. Bit and it was on TV that everybody could see. It wasn't on, you know, yeah. hundred dollars for pay per view to see it. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if I'm telling you, if him and Dante Wilder can fight, 
man, that'll be huge for heavyweight boxing, man. Very huge. Because we all know middleweights and welterweights have been running boxing over mm-hmm. the past, you know, 20 years. So, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's definitely because, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening – you know, you ra- you rattle off some names that people probably never even heard of or not really familiar with, and that's because, you know, particularly here in America, we're not really familiar that w- with the that familiar with the heavyweight division because of how boxing has you know kind of fallen off at, at that level uh, to some degree. So it was good to see that fight. Good to see boxing, you know, back in the news again. Uh, also in the news, uh, your boy uh, Ken's boy Jay Cutler uh, actually gave a few phone calls to the Texans. Uh, looking for employment and come to find out that the Texans did not return his phone call. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, Madison Baumgartner from the San Francisco Giants uh, is out for three months with an AC sprain. Uh, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Giants rebound without their ace on the mound. And last but not least, man, in case you missed it, uh, Beast Mode is back. Uh, Beast Mode is back. He is in Oakland. Uh Man, what can I say? He's, he will be wearing number 24. Uh, he is no longer a Seattle Seahawk. Uh, so to have Marshawn Lynch in the silver and black is going to be a sight to see. Um, we had an incident in baseball, uh, a very, very ugly incident in baseball uh, last night at the time of this recording. Uh, they, the Boston Red Sox were playing the uh, Baltimore Orioles, and Baltimore Orioles outfielder, uh, Adam Jones, not to be confused with Adam Pacman Jones, uh, as they were visiting Boston, was uh, hit with a bunch of racial slurs. Uh, fans called him the N-word, and somebody threw uh, some peanuts, a bag of peanuts at him while he was in the outfield. Um, now, if you're familiar with sports and familiar with the, their sports history, and not, not just their sports history, but Boston has a long history of uh, documented incidents with athletes and racism and things of that nature. Uh, Ken, what did you think, man, when you heard about uh, what happened to Adam Jones? But it's, it's Trump, man. Trump put in battery packs in people, and and they think that we're we're back in the day so they could just go out there and say, like, whatever. This type of stuff shouldn't and wasn't tolerated, thankfully. And, you know, um, I hope that they... Um, continue to police stuff like this, and hopefully it's just a one-time incident. But he says it's, it's happened to him before, and I think it's also just a product of the game. You just have people out there that uh, that are just like this, man, and and it's unfortunate that in 2017, you know, we're still having to deal with this. And you know, uh, they gave him a standing ovation. Um, to today, um, when, mm-hmm. when, he, when he played, which was, I mean, does this surprise me in, in, in Boston? No, but I think they need to be upfront with what is happening in that city, and um, and work to in, improve it. And, and what I thought was funny was uh, Mookie Blaylock. I think he tweeted that uh, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Damn. <laughs> wow! Shout out to Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Betts uh, tweeted that that he was he was black for the record or something like that. He was black too. Well, uh, Mookie, <laughs> I, I think they kind of knew that dog because you <laughs> they calling you Mookie. So <laughs> you know, I don't, that's no big surprise there, buddy. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know too many white Mookies. You're not fooling anybody, man. I think they knew you were black. I think they were fine calling you Mookie. That's, <laughs> 
close to a couple of other things they probably said about black people back in the day. <laughs> right, right, right. B, what about you, man? What did you think about when you heard the news of Adam Jones being, uh, you know, these things being said about him, like I said, being called an N-word, uh, as well as uh, having a bag of peanuts thrown at him? Yeah, man, I, I completely agree with Ken. Uh, he took the words right out of my mouth about as far as, you know, with Trump being in office, you know, folks up in. And, you know, we said this <laughs> when Trump got elected in the office, you know, we was like, wow, this all this is going to do. You know, the way he was campaigning and his rallies and stuff is just like if these folks acting like this now, just when he got in office, it was like they they going to feel provoked to even say whatever and do whatever, you know, to minorities, you know. So and this is just a prime example of that. You know, it's just like when I saw it, it, it I mean, it didn't surprise me. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said <laughs> that. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of these guys have gotten a lot of the minorities in baseball is probably. White folks has probably said some slick stuff to him, some racist stuff to him, and they probably never said nothing. They probably just like, oh, okay, whatever. I expect that from you know a racist person or from uh, this particular city or crowd. But you know, for him to finally say it, I mean, I, I don't think it's a shocker. I think this has been going on years after years after years since we've been living before we was living, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So it's like it didn't surprise me at all. Um, and like Ken said, people are gonna say whatever they say. You can try to police this as much as you can. But at the end of the day, folks gonna still say whatever they want to say, man. They gonna still be crazy, and and act like they want to jump up, step up to get beat down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when you when you sitting way up there in the stands and them professional players is down there, they can't do nothing, and you know that. So you know, it is what it is, man. I just really think this is just this is just shows how much the Trump, you know, Trump himself and the Trump administration just provoked. How you know people want to act towards minorities, man? They feel they they got that they got that gas in them, man. They feel gassed up. That uh, they got that hot tank behind them, man. They feel like they can just go ahead and just say and do whatever, man. So, you know, it's not shocking. Yeah, I, I, the only the other thing I'll add is I think um I, I'm I'm a little surprised. I wasn't surprised so much as that it happened in Boston. Um, like I said, that city has a long-standing history, and it's well documented of you know racial incidents. I mean, you can go back to the, you know how like Ken, like you mentioned, how Bill Russell was treated uh, back in the '60s. And and keep in mind, this is one of the most celebrated athletes of his era, uh, 11 championships, and he was treated in some places like a second-class citizen in his own city. Um, but I think it's it's more than just you know just today of or. or you know, in the past as well, because, you know, the uh, the ace on their staff, uh, David Price, has mentioned that he mentioned that he's heard, you know, the N word thrown at him in in his own stadium. Now, that's rare that you get bombarded with that in your own stadium by your by, quote unquote, your fans. Um, you know, so it, it's it's not I don't think it's beyond the realm of of comprehension that it would happen. Um, and I'm not surprised that it happened and because, like I said, I think Boston is a racist ass city, but I could say that about every city, to be honest. I mean, every city's like that. So every city that we're in is racist. So and you're going to have racist people. Does it mean that the whole city is racist? No, but it, it's it's again, it's well documented. And I find what, what I find interesting is that as soon as stuff like this happens, people are particularly people of that particular city are the first one to jump up. Oh, well, no, we're not racist. We're not. Yes, you are. I mean, it's well documented. 
And, you know, Adam Jones didn't just make this stuff up. He didn't throw a bag of peanuts on the, on the ground. Um, you know, but I think one thing that people have to understand is, and here's what I question is, when all of that stuff is going on, let's say you're at the stadium and you see a guy, you know, getting, I'm not, I'm not opposed to somebody getting on an opposing player, but, you know, there's a line that you should and should not cross. Because I don't think for a second that anybody that said that to Adam Jones would say that to Adam Jones's face. Because Adam Jones ain't a little man by any stretch of the imagination. So I think you have to realize and kind of figure out, well, when stuff like that happens, what are the people in the area doing? Are you just sitting there uncomfortable? Are you co-signing? Or are you just sitting there in silence? Because if you're sitting there in silence, you're not doing anything. You're not telling that person to shut up. Or you're trying to mind your own business then you're actually perpetuating the problem. And if Boston is really about great fans, and we know some great Boston fans. Our boy Ryan is a huge Boston fan of all sports. Um, you know, if, if it's really about that, then you would do your best in the stands to curb that stuff from happening. But it's happened all too, you know, way too many times. And unfortunately, this isn't the first time, and unfortunately won't be the last time. So we'll see how it plays out. Moving back on to the NBA, uh, Charles Barkley and Draymond Green. Well, Draymond Green in particular made some headlines uh, when a reporter asked him, you know, was he the next Charles Barkley? <laughs> and Draymond Green replied simply in Draymond fashion, hell no. Uh, so <laughs> let's start there. FIFO, is is Draymond the new Barkley or do you think he could be even better than Barkley? God, that's so Look, It is. It is because here's the thing. Draymond's nice, and mm -hmm. I think he does certain things better than Barkley, but uh, as an overall player, he's not better than Barkley. Right. It, it, it's, it's just that simple. Come on. Uh, I, I was listening to Skip and Shannon on Undisputed, and Skip is talking about this man, Draymond Green, is better than Charles Barkley. <laughs> yo. Yo. <laughs> yo. Skip, I understand what he does because right. he has bills to pay. Like his stance on LeBron, and now this. Come on, man. Come. On. What are we talking about here? We talking about the mile round, the rebound. We talking about the guy that gets thirty thirties. We talking about that guy. Like, look, I think Draymond is a better dribbler. He had, that skill set. Draymond got him. In terms of passing IQ, Draymond got him. Everything else, oh, I give, I give Draymond blocks. I'll give Draymond blocks. I don't know what that fee for. <laughs> everything else, that's all Charles. Big time. Big time scoring, big time rebounding, everything else, man. MVP. I don't care what team Draymond's on, he'll never be the MVP. That's just mm. not gonna happen. Mm. 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 So so I, I I I the comparison stops there, man. Charles Barkley is a legend. No, he didn't win no championship, and that's the glowing thing missing off of his resume. But look, man, come on, Charles Barkley? No, Dr Draymond, Draymond is not as good as Charles Barkley. He won't be. It just it is what it is. Come on, man, come on. <laughs> no, he's not the new Barkley. Um, but I mean, I'm 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 fine with his answer. The way he answered it, I mean, you know, that's cool. If he, if he say hell no, then hell, that's his prerogative. He he has the right to say that. Um, but yes, I don't. I don't even know why that comparison came about. Maybe because they both like considered quote unquote undersized power forwards. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, no. I mean, can he be better than Charles Barkley? No. I mean, who knows? 
No, B. No. <laughs> like, I mean, still, we got to see how his career pan out. B. But, I mean, can he carry a team like Barkley has carried teams? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can, can you make Draymond Green that guy for your team? Like, nah. can you start a franchise and say, you know what? I'm building a franchise around Draymond. You can you can do that with Barkley, but you can't do that with Draymond. I don't think you can do that with Draymond Green. So yes, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and definitely say no on that one. That that's I can't believe Skip and Skip just I don't even pay Skip just say stuff just to say stuff. You know they 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 the ratings. I don't I don't, I think he don't even believe the stuff that comes out of his mouth. So yeah, man, for him to say that that's that's ridiculous. No, he's not no Charles Barkley. What about you, Ken? Man, you already know my answer, man. Come on, man. This is like when I saw this. I'm, first of all, Draymond should be thankful that somebody tried to compare him to the great Charles Barkley, top true. fifty player uh, of in the NBA of of all time. I know we need to update that list, but we the do, fact of the do. matter is, <laughs> you know, this dude Charles Barkley in his heyday was the truth. I mean, this dude put up numbers. And for those of you out there that don't know, go to Basketball Reference and type in Charles Barkley and look at the numbers this dude put up in one of the toughest basketball eras of our generation. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with, yeah, he lost his six, but he took that team to the finals, the Phoenix Suns to the finals. I think he even won an MVP once. Yeah, he won MVP that year. That that particular yeah. year, so he would have had a title. Yeah, he would have had a title if it wasn't for Jordan. How many people we can say that about, right? So <laughs> a bunch. You know, yeah, it, it it was a lot. Like the dude can flat out play, and he didn't have to earn his way into. He didn't have to luck into a, a role into in the NBA like Draymond did. You know, um, that year, I, I forgot who got hurt. Somebody got hurt, and Draymond started playing. And it was like, oh, we, we found Draymond. Um, Draymond can play, and I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to disrespect Draymond um, at all. But Charles, Charles Barkley, man, he's on another level. He's on another level. And I, I just don't see Draymond getting to that level of play that Charles Barkley was at. Charles Barkley was one of the best players in the NBA during the time that he played. So, nah, man, they, you know, just, just stop it. So disrespectful. Yeah, when you when you send this to us, man, I, I, I it, it had me scratch my head. I'm like, well, who, who came up with this idea? Like, you know, whose who's bright idea was this? Um, nah, to answer the question, no, he's not the new Barkley. He's not, he can't be better than Barkley. I think sometimes, man, people get a little beside themselves and they really forget greatness. Um, the Barkley that we see on a night-to-night basis on TNT, the chubby, funny guy, uh, that's who he is now. But, no, do 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 your Googles and, and, and do the knowledge. I mean, go back to the, 80, the, the late 80s, early 90s. Charles Barkley was that dude. I mean, and he, like you said, all NBA, dream team. He is, you know, he was one, maybe two players away from beating Jordan in the finals, um, even though they lost in six. But no, MVP, I mean, his accolades speak for themselves. Draymond Green would, and there's no disrespect to Draymond Green, but if you put Draymond Green on 
the Utah Jazz? You know, is he doing the same thing he's doing with Golden State? Probably not. He has a great skill set, and his skill set works. And I hate the term system player. His skill set works for the system and the team that they have in Golden State. I don't think you can put Draymond Green on the Orlando Magic and get the same results. Um, but that's just me. And there's no knock on Draymond Green, but Draymond Green would have mm-hmm. to play – he'd have to play – two careers of basketball to even sniff what Barkley did. The only thing they have in common is they both are black. That's it. So. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, LeVar Ball, man. He's back in the news again. Uh, LeVar Ball made headlines again. Uh, it was widely reported late last week that uh, all of the major apparel companies, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, said that they would not be interested in doing a partnership deal with LeVar Ball and his big baller brand that he is trying to market for his sons, specifically uh, Lonzo Ball, who will be, you know, probably a top three, top five pick in next year's NBA draft. Um, And it came out, uh, I think it was yesterday or maybe today, that LeVar Ball is looking for a signature shoe deal uh, and the deal he wants to be he wants the shoe to be priced at two hundred dollars. Now keep in mind that LeBron's most expensive shoe is somewhere around two twenty. Uh, <laughs> B has LeBron has LeVar Ball gone too far this time? Yeah, man. It, you know, it, it's is I get he's trying to change the mode. You know, I guess the business mode as far as the shoe. You know, the shoe game mm-hmm. or whatever. But like. How can you how can you ask for people to put this much stock into your brand when your son hasn't played a lick of professional ball yet? Um I mean that's a that's a big gamble. You're taking a big gamble and not saying that these big companies never took that gamble before cuz you know we all know like Adidas and Reebok and all these companies was was willing to throw the table at LeBron, you know, before mm-hmm. he even stepped foot on the NBA court. Not not really. They they, they 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 wasn't ready to throw the table. LeBron almost didn't sign a Nike. He almost signed to Adidas. Adidas, right? I'm saying Adidas. I'm saying Adidas was ready to give him some money though. That's I mean that's the point. Yeah, I but I don't think these companies is willing to, to put to invest that much in Levar Ball and uh, Lonzo Ball and uh and oh. their shoe brand. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think they. I don't think they because it's like, dude, what has you? What have you done? Or either that, or they just like, okay, your son is good, but is he really that good? Because <laughs> and let's, let's be honest, Lonzo Ball is not getting the pub or the recognition like LeBron James was, you know, coming out, getting ready to play in the NBA. It would be different if he was getting that type of pub. But right. for something that's not proven yet like that, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. It's, it. It would He would definitely change the mode, the business mode of how you do business, you know, shoe stuff. You know, if he, if this was to happen, but I just don't think they they jumping on the, the Lonzo bandwagon like that. It's like, okay, yeah, your son's good, but I mean, is he really that good? I mean, is he really gonna go in the NBA and then just like change it up like that, like the way LeBron did or something like that? You know, so I, I don't. I he's hurting his son. I, I'm really curious of what Lonzo what Lonzo uh, thinks about this. Like that's <laughs> he what don't think nothing. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear what he thinks about this whole situation. Like he he has to be talking to his dad. Like, damn, dad. Like, really? Like, Nike? Okay, was okay, okay. Let me let me stop you there, B. You 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 talk a lot on this podcast about your father. Great guy. Um, looking forward to meeting him one day. Put yourself 
in Lonzo Ball's shoes at 19, could you have said something to your dad? If that was your dad, not 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 with not the way I would probably say it to y'all. <laughs> you know, it would I be in the, yeah, it would be in the in the in the you know like like dang, really, dad? Like so, you know, it would it would be in a way where I don't think he would be like you better you better calm down your inside voice. Like it wouldn't be in that way. It would be like on some most punk shit in, in like for real because it my would dad. be a way that wouldn't get you slapped. Right, right. <laughs> if I come at a wrong tone with my dad, he gonna beat me down quick, and I don't want right. that. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, I would definitely like say I'm like, damn, that like really, like you know, because I mean I've done stuff like that to him before, like where he just, you know, I say like really, dad, like for real, like you know, he just kind of like laugh it off, or whatever. So like, if he was doing something like that, I'm like dang, dad, like Nike was calling, like why, why, what, what's up? Like, you know, it wouldn't be like on no. All right, Dad, you fucking up my money. So, like, <laughs> it wouldn't be like <laughs> like that because I'd be dead at that point if I was right, right, right. That way, but yeah, man, I, he, I, I'm curious to know what what Lonzo thinks. Like, he too, has I, to have I, an opinion. He has to feel some type of way about this. He has to. I just don't know if we'll ever hear it, man. I just don't. Um, FIFO, man, like I said, two hundred. He, he's asking for two hundred, and LeBron shoes go for two. I mean, so like. Come, explain this to me, man. Is, is he going too far at this point? Because we we've talked about Lonzo, Lonzo, excuse me, about Lavar Ball on several podcasts this year alone. Is this too much? This is too much. This is the difference between being a father and being a businessman. Mm. Now, in business, the thing I've learned is is that the great business there's a compromise, and I think in this situation, Lavar has to take into account that. Lonzo has not stepped on a an NBA basketball court yet. Right. Nobody in the history has ever done this. So obviously these shoe companies are not going to just drop the money. But if you're that confident in your son, then bet on your son and give your son some money. Why not work out a deal where if we meet certain criteria, you know, this goes from uh, uh, the type of regular deal that, that everybody gets to now a co-branding deal. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, he wants like the co-branding that. deal off the gate, off the right. Back. And it's like, yo, like, like B said, and you know, I'm a Lonzo guy. I, I, I don't know if he's gonna be that nice, right? <laughs> like, like I, I think he's gonna be nice, but I don't know if he's gonna be that nice. I don't think he's gonna be face of the NBA nice. And you're asking for face of, of the NBA type stuff. Like, I put it to you like this: I don't think he's gonna be better than Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is a better player than him. And Ben Simmons didn't get anything near that. Now, it doesn't matter that you have three sons. Those guys haven't even played. They're not even close to the NBA, the other two. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So so you got to take baby steps. You are here just planning. Your, 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 you know what I'm saying? You're counting your chickens before they hatch, bro. You can't do that. That's not how business always works. And, and I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't like the latest stuff that's coming from LeVar. Um, you know, I mess I mess with the Ball family, but this right here, all I know is at 19, I'd feel some type of way. I don't <laughs> I, I couldn't voice it in the way I would now, you know, being a grown-ass man. But, you know, when you're a little kid, well, not little kid, but when you're a kid, a big kid, man, it, you know, you can't go against your dad. So, But I would have never hired my father or let my dad represent me in that way. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to handle it strictly professional, you know? So, 
I don't know, man. That would have just been me. That's kind of crazy. No doubt, no doubt. Ken, man, he he's looking for he's looking for an equity partner. So he's looking to say, okay, he, he don't want his own. He he wants more than just the common share that everybody else gets coming into the league, man. Is is Lavar out of his mind at this point? Yeah, he's lost his damn mind. First of all, big baller brand, right? I did a search, and I was just trying to see who, who who's wearing it. That's all I was looking for. I, I couldn't find pictures that that wasn't the Ball family. Nobody's wearing it, you know. So besides them, and maybe their friends. So th- so that's number one. Um, number two, what are the numbers? Like, because I think you just started that thing this year, you know, or maybe mm. late last year. So what are the numbers? What are you selling? Your stuff are overpriced. I love $200 for a pair of Lonzo Ball shoes? Yeah, he wants $200 for the shoes. I think the hats are going for... Like, like $100 or something. Yeah, yeah, like $100. And I think the, the sweatshirt and tees are going for like 70 Yeah, so here's the thing, man. And I thought about this, right, when I first saw it. And I felt bad for Lonzo. Um, but it's like this. Lonzo hired his own agent. His dad is not his agent, right, for the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when Lonzo signs that contract, whose money is that? And where mm-hmm. does it go? It goes mm-hmm. to Lonzo. And the agent gets his cut. Who doesn't get any? LeVar. What LeVar right. has done is he's created this company, Big Baller Brand. That's his money. That's why he wants this deal. Because that's where he's going to get his check. Now, I mean, we all know family's family. He's going to get money from Lonzo. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when that contract is signed, that's Lonzo Ball's money to do with as he pleases. LeVar doesn't get a dime. So LeVar, as he has done since this whole thing started to take off, is trying to set himself up with this big baller brand. And that's why he wants this equity deal. Because, and I'm not big on the shoe game and how these deals work, right? But if they sign a contract, a shoe deal with Lonzo, they sign that deal with Lonzo, right? Not LeVar. Right. So again, LeVar's cut out of the money. The way Lonzo, LeVar can get money is through Big Baller Brand. And that's how he's Mm. trying to get paid. Yeah, I, I think he's he he's definitely gone too far. I Ken, you did it better than me because I I didn't even I didn't even try to think about googling to see who was wearing it because I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think anybody outside their damn family was wearing it. Um, yeah, to for for the three major companies to and like you said, Under Armour was really the kind of the 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 surprise for me because they're they've the CEO actually admitted last week that. They're a little disappointed with the sales of the uh, the struggle shoes that Curry dropped a couple weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> church shoes. Really? So, oh, really? Shocker. <laughs> right, yeah. That's a shocker. And so, you know, but, um, yeah, it, it's unfortunate, man. And I, I, much like B, I would really, really want to hear what Lonzo has to say. Uh, you know, again, he's 19. I don't know what I would have said to my dad at 19, you know, without, like B said, without getting, without the fear, getting the taste slapped out of my mouth. Um, 
but he's rubbing people the wrong way, and his son has not dribbled the ball yet. Um, and I just I think about that, and then I think about the fact that you know Nike, you know uh, LeBron mentioned in the video that we uh, talked about the uh, we looked at the other day that Nike that Adidas wrote him a ten million dollar check just for him not to go visit with Nike. And said, look, this check is yours if you promise us that you will not go see Nike. And LeBron, you know, had the wherewithal to say, okay, well, hey, now I want to see what they have to offer. And he figured, well, hey, if this guy's going to offer me $10 million not to see him, Nike's got to be offering me something. And obviously, we know how the deal worked out for them. But, you know, it's it's crazy, man. I I feel for, for Alonzo because he's the one caught in the middle of this. Uh, hopefully LeVar kind of backs down because at this point, I don't know if you can't get your shoe deal through, you know, these apparel companies, where are you going to go? You're going to get the, you know, like Stefan Marber, you're going to get a Chinese company to do it or something like that. I mean, and if you go that route, then you definitely can't sell your shoes for $200. You just can't. And you better, you know, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I it, I don't even think Jay's even sold for for two hundred dollars when 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 Jordan was in the league. They might go for two hundred now, maybe some limited edition kicks. But you you wouldn't we wouldn't even buy Jay's for two hundred dollars. So and when I say Jay's, I mean Jordans. Um. So good luck, man. I this is he's messing up the money, and and the sad part about it is the money hadn't even come in yet. So we'll see. Uh, we have come to the end of the podcast. It's time for our closing thoughts. Uh, first up, BZ430, what you got for your closing thought? Uh, shout out to uh, Colin Kaepernick. Um, yes. He's doing a partnership with the uh, organization to give out give away 100 suits for uh, former prisoners, gang members uh, that, you know, did time or, or that's on parole is doing, you know, trying to get back into the workforce. And he's out providing, and he's also providing a uh, business attire for women as well, women and men. It's not just men, but it's it's also for women as well, for you know, offenders uh, and and you know, like I said, guys who who done some made some bad mistakes, but you know, served their time or did did you know did their time, and they're trying to get back into the workforce and you know, give them a, have them feel confident wearing a suit, trying to you know for the interviews and stuff like that, man. So I you know, shout out to Colin Kaepernick for really. You know, putting his money where his mouth is and putting his money into the community, into the urban inner city communities for these young, you know, well, I'm assuming a lot of black men that's trying to do right after making wrong decisions in their early life, man. Because we've seen plenty of guys turn their life around, you know, after serving time in jail. And I think mm-hmm. that's a good jump start of, you know, of course, they're not coming out with a lot of money like that. So for them to give them some suits and stuff, I think that's awesome, man. So shout no out to doubt. Colin Kaepernick. So that's my final thought. No doubt, no doubt. I hope he gets on the team real soon. Uh, FIFA, what about you, man? What's your closing thought? Uh, shout out to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, we're starting to see the Harbaugh effect in the NFL. I believe uh, they tied a school record for uh, a certain amount of players drafted in the first round. And I think also overall, I think it tied some type of record from back mm-hmm. like in 72 or something like that. So, you know, more to come. I think uh, he's just going to be pumping out another, you know, NFL football factory. So it's pretty cool to see so quickly. No doubt. No, also, shout out to Jim Harbaugh, who took the team to Italy for spring practice, got a chance to meet the Pope, and gave the Pope some custom-made maize and blue jays. The five. That was dope. <laughs> now, I can't picture the Pope wearing some Jordans, but 
that's dope. <laughs> Ken, what you got? Uh, for me, man, speaking of black men, just to kind of piggyback off what B was saying earlier, um, I hope the the brothers, man, are really, really paying attention to uh, to um, what's happening with Joe Mitson and uh, two or three other players that were drafted. Ruben Foster is another. Um, I hope people are paying attention. I hope they are paying attention. Uh, Chad Kelly, I'll even throw Chad Kelly in that, but I uh, mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, I. I I know sometimes it's tough to say. Uh, I know you get caught up in the heat of the moment, and sometimes you lose yourself, but understand that you have a brighter future possibly ahead of you, and and don't throw it away um, like that so quickly because it's hard, man. And, and once they start freezing you out, once they stop taking you um, or take you late, sits, fifth round, seventh round. You cost yourself a lot of money, and, and you cost yourself possibly a position on the team. Uh, your talent sometimes is, is not worth, um, you know, your your behavior and your attitude um, because you end up costing the team a lot more than you're worth. And um, so really, guys, just this is, this is for some of you a way out. And, and and I want you guys to make sound decisions and, and keep your eyes on the prize. Last thing, um, I know a lot of people are ripping the Bengals, and I know the Bengals have a, a history. But can we stop praising the Patriots and saying that if the Patriots <laughs> would have drafted them, uh, you know, the Patriots this, Belichick did, because they did draft a, a murderer and a game banger, mm. and they did, and they knew about it. Because they did the research on the guy, but nobody wants to bring it up. But everybody wants to talk about Pac-Man Jones and and ridicule the Bengals for uh, for their pick. Um, so so yeah, let's let's not act like Aaron Hernandez didn't exist because he did, and hmm. they drafted him. Preach, preach, preach. And my final thought, man, um, we got word a couple of days ago that uh, ESPN laid off. Uh, I think it was like 100 people, a lot of them uh, familiar faces and familiar names uh, from on-air talent to writers and things of that nature. Uh, I was a little surprised. I I wasn't surprised that the layoffs happened. I was a little surprised at the reaction. Uh, Some people use the social media to uh, make fun of these people for losing their jobs, which if you've ever lost a job or been a part of a layoff, which I have, um, ain't nothing fun about that. You know, because it's a scary proposition to go from one day being able to provide to not being able to provide for yourself or your family. Um, and then I also saw some people saying, talking something about a hidden agenda for ESPN. Listen, folks, the bottom line is this. Uh, ESPN is a part of Disney. Uh, Disney is a parent company and they want to see profits. And while ESPN is turning a profit, you know, they felt the need to cut a lot of salaries, some of them bigger salaries. That's why you don't see the Chris Bermans and the, you know, uh, Ed Werders and people like that who may have had one specialty. What you're going to see now going forward is people who can cross section. I mean, like we've seen Adam Schefter cover the NFL for years. Adam Schefter is now covering basketball and football. Um, so it happens, and it's unfortunate. And I, I hope and pray that these people, you know, particularly the on-air talent and the writers who lost jobs. Uh, you know, find work and find work quickly because it's not a good feeling to be unemployed. 
that being said, uh, if anyone at ESPN is listening to this podcast, I know four guys who will be great for a podcast or a show that you want to have. <laughs> if the money is right, holler at us. We're listening. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast uh, for BZ, for FIFO, and Ken. I am your host, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.